0: Welcome back to the 4th Way Podcast. Today we are going to begin a new discussion, uh, a new series on the issue of abortion. And whereas what we've discussed so far in consequentialism, um, just coming off of that, has focused a lot more on the conservative uh, brand of Christianity, as we get into the, the topic of abortion, this is going to focus more on a problem that we find in the uh, on the left side or the liberal side of Christianity. And while the, the issue of abortion doesn't exactly relate to nonviolence in the way most people think nonviolence is, in that we're talking about aggressors and wars and those sorts of things, what you do find is that in the early Christian literature, when they do talk about violence, it doesn't just include things like self-defense but it, and, and war, but it also includes things like um, abortion, capital punishment, and that sort of thing. And what we're going to see with abortion is that, um, of course, it is doing violence to an individual, and it relates back to something that we continue to talk about, which is, Uh, At the core of the issue of nonviolence is this idea that you refuse to objectify somebody else, even your enemy, even those who might be some sort of impediment to you. And that's just not part of the Christian ethic. Well, on abortion, I'm going to argue that uh, one of the reasons we are okay doing violence to fetuses Um, is is not because they're an enemy, but because they are an impediment, and we objectify them, and the result's the same. We end up killing human beings um, because of our willingness to do violence and to redefine groups uh, so that that we can discard those who we deem unworthy of life or um, unimportant enough. And, and beyond the tie to nonviolence and, and the core beliefs behind uh, what makes nonviolence go, this is a, a really important topic in our, in our culture. I know that people hold to pacifism and nonviolence for different reasons, and so while I've taken a lot of time to discuss the problems on the right, uh, I do want to discuss the problems on the left and abortion being one of the big problems there. So our first few episodes will just focus on the, the basic case. We're going to start from from the ground level and work our way up, and then after a few episodes making the case, we are going to have rebuttals, uh, similar to Season 1 uh, with the case for nonviolence. I'm going to try to make the the case for uh, or against abortion. And so let's jump right in. I'm going to begin the discussion with uh, one of my favorite apologists, uh, who I think r- even, if, even when I disagree with him, he ends up talking through issues and thinking through issues very clearly and uh, laying things out very simply um, but very deeply. And so I'm going to start with uh, Greg Kokel here. And Greg Kokel, when he deals with the issue of abortion, is he really gets down to the, the fundamental question. And he tells a story and he, he says, okay, imagine a child, it, it comes to you. And says, Mommy or, or Daddy. And it says, Can I kill it? Well, you don't just tell your child yes, and you don't just tell your child no either. I mean, I can imagine if, um, you know, if I'm in Australia and you've got, like, all these venomous creatures, and there's a, a spider crawling towards your kid, uh, a funnel web spider, and your kid says, Can I kill it? well, you want them to be able to kill that pretty quickly so that funnel-web spider doesn't bite them. So your answer would be yes. But it could also be no. If it's your child's little brother or sister, then of course, no, you can't kill it. And and that leads us to the vital question is, what is it? What are we killing? So ultimately, ultimately the, the question in abortion, um, Coco will argue does not at all, it doesn't relate to what rights does the mother have, um, how how intelligent is the fetus, um, how much pain is the mother in. That's, that's really irrelevant. Uh, the question is, when you go to kill something, what is it that you are going to kill? And of course we will talk about some other factors that might come into play later on. We'll talk about... Uh, revisit ectopic pregnancies, although you you already know where I stand on that. Um, but w- we'll get into some of those other issues and, and what justifies killing and what doesn't. Nevertheless, in general, for the majority of people having abortions, at least here in the West, um, abortions are, uh, I don't want to use this word lightly, but, but a convenience, and I, I do understand that... Um, we're not saying a pleasurable convenience here, but because um, I, I know that having a child could significantly alter somebody's life, their career, uh, those sorts of things. But in general, a woman's life and, and well-being um, is is not in danger in great enough uh, measure to warrant the murdering of somebody else. So yeah, in general we're gonna we're gonna say that abortion in the West is a convenience and so saying, can I kill it, uh is is rarely, if ever, justified. If that it is a human being. So let's talk about it, right? The the fetus, the embryo. Um, what is it? Uh because some some people historically have said, well it's not really human yet, right? It's not it's not a living human being yet. Uh, so let's talk about what the embryo and fetus is to help us think a little bit more clearly. First, the the fetus and the embryo is a unique human with unique DNA. I believe Scott Klusendorf uh, says this pretty well in, in some of his videos that I'll, I'll try to link below. But essentially, um, when the father contributes a sperm cell, that's part of of the child's dna when a mother contributes the egg that's part of the child's dna but a sperm and an egg are not um are not their own things it's not a a complete set of unique dna uh that is that is self-sufficient um that is that is going to grow with purpose into a human being so the first thing we need to know is that when you have that embryo and that fetus that is a unique set of DNA that is not the father or the mother, but it is a, it, its own unique set. And number two, it is alive. F- the fetus and the embryo are alive um, by definition, uh, by biological definition. You know, There's cell division, there's growth. Uh, everything that you need to show that, that there is life is there. The embryo and fetus is alive. Now this is different because the, in the sense that the the sperm or the egg we can say are alive, um, because they are they are living cells, but they do not have that unique DNA. They are part of the father or part of the mother. And third, the embryo or the fetus is a complete human, uh, in a particular sense. So we've got, when we have the embryo, uh, we've got a totipotent cell. That's that's how we start. We start as a totipotent cell. And what that means is that this cell has all power uh, in the sense that it will start to divide and it can differentiate and become anything. So whereas my skin cell, um, you know, sometimes uh, pro-choicers will disparagingly talk about how you know their skin cells, oh well, you know, don't you think my skin cells are valuable? like can I kill my skin? It's just it's um you know meant to disparage, but what what they fail to understand there is that, okay, your skin cells become skin cells, your uh liver cells become liver cells, you don't have cells in your body that will differentiate and and grow uh a a human being. So when you are a totipotent cell not only do you have unique DNA not only are you alive but that totipotent cell forms uh will divide and differentiate to form eyes and ears and liver and everything uh its goal is um the formation of you and that is you in a sense because we don't we don't say that uh you know the embryo formed us eventually we say we once were the embryo. We once were the fetus. And that's something that we don't say about the sperm or the egg. We don't say, I once was the sperm or I once was the egg. Because uh, as the sperm or the egg, that, that was not my identity. Um, but when those fused together uh, and became a totipotent cell, that end was the creation, uh, the formation of me. Then yeah, I once was that embryo. I once was that fetus. So, in summary, uh, a fetus and embryo are unique, human, uh, unique humans with unique DNA. They're alive, and they're complete humans uh, in the sense that they are a totipotent cell. They've got all the information, and they've got all the, the purposing uh, to create, uh, to form you, or to form an individual, and that's something that's not true of a sperm. It's not true of an egg. It's not true of a liver cell. It's not true of a skin cell but despite being a a living unique human many do try to distinguish at least four areas uh of of problems with the pro life argument here and this is this is the uh scott Klusendorf, uh has the sled argument against this right because some people will say um for s right embryos are smaller or their size is is different um because embryos are so small therefore they must not be valuable human beings. But that doesn't make sense because we recognize that smaller people aren't less valuable. Um, Or else my wife is less valuable than me, and she would not like to hear that. In fact, most women are, are less valuable than most men. Most feminists don't want to hear that. The logic doesn't make any sense to argue that because something is smaller, it is therefore less valuable the value is not based on on the size. That just doesn't make sense. At least not for a human being. Next we have L in the SLED argument. And that is going to stand for level of development. So embryos are less developed physically, mentally, um, socially, etc. Pretty much any way you can think of, embryos are less developed. But at the same time, we don't Believe that the mentally ill, the autistic, or infants hold less human value. I mean, how much how much better off is a newborn than a fetus at 20 weeks? Okay, it um, I mean, it's certainly more developed, but a- as far as uh, its capabilities, it's still still not much more developed physically. Okay, maybe a bit, but are we going to say that? level of development really is going to determine uh, somebody's value and if we are we've got some problems because now why can't we have infanticide since infants are so underdeveloped and what about the mentally ill um, et cetera? I mean it's just it becomes arbitrary where we're going to say um, somebody has enough value that we can't kill them next we get to the E in a sled argument and that is environment. Embryos are inside the womb, connected to the mother. Uh, we are not. And so some people are going to say that because the embryos are inside the womb, we can kill them. And you see this in it, when they had partial birth abortions. I mean, as long as you, you kept the, the fetus's head inside the mother, you could kill it, even at, at like nine months. That doesn't make any sense, that just because it's head... I mean, it's like we're playing football here. It's like that, you know... um, So it just doesn't make sense when you're talking about human value that there's some line which all of a sudden you cross and become valuable but uh, you can manipulate to keep somebody valueless. It doesn't make make sense that um, the environment would change somebody's value. And if the environment does change somebody's value, then... um, You know, how do you get to decide which environments make somebody valuable and which ones don't? We know that location does not affect human value and dignity, and we have lots of problems if we're going to go down that route. Then we get to the last point, the D, in the sled argument, and that is that since fetuses are dependent on the mother's body and care, therefore they can be killed because um, if they're dependent on somebody, therefore... They must not be; they're not fully functioning, and therefore they can they can be killed. And once again, that doesn't make sense because um, when when do kids really stop being dependent? Okay, maybe they're directly dependent on the mother because they're attached to the umbilical cord uh, when they're inside of the mom. But infants and newborns and toddlers are very dependent. You know, if I left my two-year-old inside the house. He might be able to scrounge some food, maybe, but he's going to die pretty quickly of uh, starvation or, or uh, lack of thirst, or, I'm sorry, uh, of thirst, or, um, you know, he'll he'll be in his urine and feces, and I mean, he's, he's not going to last super long, and he, he's very dependent. So dependency seems like a, a really bad metric to to figure out if somebody has value. So in in summary, it seems painfully clear that the unborn are unique living human beings and that human beings are valuable because of what they are, not because of their fulfilling of a certain set of requirements. Uh, Humanity confers value. It's not size or level of development, environment, or dependency. If you're going to disagree then you're going to run into the problem that you're going to you're going to have a really difficult time arguing human rights, equality and altruism um since since human value is contingent not upon being human but upon something else uh some outside factor which we'll talk about later and you're going to have a really difficult time also uh refusing to align with some of the abhorrent aspects of of things like eugenics uh, or infanticide, things that we've seen just in the past hundred years uh, as being extremely terrible so that's uh that's the start of our case, right We're talking about what is it that we're killing and it's it's probably the most important question, but the question that's usually least asked uh, because we're focused on uh, everybody else's rights, who has a voice and who we think are important. And we're good with redefining a group that we view as an impediment to accomplishing uh, those rights. And, you know, I, I do empathize with that as far as women's rights go. Um, I, I think we still have a long way to go in that area. Nevertheless, it seems very problematic for me to try to advance one group's rights at the cost of another group. And that's exactly what we're doing with abortion. We're we're redefining uh, what it is that we're killing so that we can feel good killing it and so that we can advance one group's set of rights at the expense of another. And that's a problem. Well, that's all for now. So peace. Since I'm a pacifist, when I say it, I mean it.